Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the AI Live podcast. Here we'll be talking all things aesthetics, fillers, threads, neurotoxins, techniques, and interviewing people in the aesthetic community. So thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to AI Live. We, uh, we have a fun night for you. Yes, we, we do. We have a special guest who we know and love. Yes. And we're going to talk <laughs> to you about that special guest in a minute. But first, we kind of go through what happened and what did we do this last month mm. to share with our AI family. So what, <laughs> I did don't we, know. <laughs> what happened? What did we do in the last month since, we, since we've seen our... I have no idea. All I know is I went to New York, we went to, and we, then I had to try to get back to L.A. before the hurricane, hurricane. <laughs> <in> LA, <laughs> which really was not oh a hurricane gosh. at all. <laughs> but yeah. I got stuck in the airport for three hours trying to get back. But it was gra great to see people at, uh, it was Galderma's Train the Trainers. Yeah. Um, and so got to see a lot of my peoples that we don't get to see very often. I think that's why I love going to conferences. I can't wait to see our next guest sometime soon. <laughs> um, it's fun. We, uh, Galderma, uh, went, went, they went nuts with this thing. Yeah. I mean, the production was amazing. Yeah. Uh, they turned, Good they turned Spring Street into this yeah. huge, this huge yes. uh, production, but we had great information, newest newest research out there. We got to network with the, the researchers, whoever yeah. the people who did the research and learned a lot, met the inventor of Restylane Pear. Oh. <laughs> so like I was that. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Really yes. amazing, amazing weekend. Yeah, the science, I like the science. That yeah. was the most, the one that where they dehydrated the, um, the Restylane products and they dehydrated the Vicross products and then they just watched it and then they rehydrated it after five, six hours. And then mm -hmm. you could see how certain products really rehydrated back into the shape and other ones change shapes as it yeah. rehydrated. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, hopefully an, uh, it's not in, in live tissue, but out in, um, in a, on a, on a Petri dish, you can kind of see how these potential fillers could go in and out because, and potentially move. You well, know, because you're dehydrating. When you get dehydrated, is it taking away from some of the fillers? And then right? it rehydrates when you rehydrate. So, so interesting. that totally goes with the question I asked Per, uh -huh. who, um, like I said, is the inventor of wrestling. And with us looking at these studies of hydration and how some of them are very hydrophilic and they, they really hydrate quite a bit and some don't, I asked him, I said, so how long does it take for Restylane to become totally hydrated? You know, because I was asking about Restylane product in the tissue. I mean, how long does it take? And he was like, that's a good question. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> so what we were kind of chit-chatting about was it was very dependent upon tissue hydration and the pay and where it went and had um, the environment around it. So it was just like di strictly diffusion, yeah. really. So it was, it, it was kind of interesting. It was kind of cool. We always yeah. like to pick brains of the smarter people, but yeah, it was really, yeah. really interesting. Cool. Yeah. With that, we are going to talk PDO threads with Dr. Jesse Chung. Hi. Oh. How are you, girl? Long How time no you? see. So much to do for a little time. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I was following you. You went on a safari. How was that? Oh, dude, yes. I was in Africa for almost two weeks. It was pretty cool. Oh. Uh, I will have to get, I, when we go, when we sit down, you have to tell me all about it. That's my dream to do a That's safari. bucket list for sure. <laughs> right? Bucket list. I Giraffe would. Manor is on life. my bucket list. Animals eating other animals. 
love it. How fun. All right. Well, Jesse, tell everybody out there kind of what's your background, how long you've been in the aesthetic <clears throat> industry, how you got into aesthetics. Because you're a dermatologist okay. out in Chicago. So, <laughs> yeah, I am from New York originally. I did my medical school in New York. I came out to Chicago for my dermatology residency. I am now closer to 50 than I am to 40. So, I'm actually pretty old. I graduated in 2006. I did a fellowship back in New York with a plastic surgeon dermatologist. So I did a lot of lasers, a lot of liposuction, a lot of fillers, injectables. And I was actually doing the, the contour threads back in 2006, so the permanent threads. So, you know, those had issues that came off the market, but they were they were cool and they were fun to play with. Um, and so when the PDO threads came back around, started bringing those in about, about seven or eight years ago, I think, in my practice. Nice. Awesome. So uh, as far as the aesthetic industry, I mean, you seem to have already decided because dermatologists, you have the choice of doing your traditional dermatology. What drew you into the aesthetic field? I mean, because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. rare for dermatologists to really say, I want to do aesthetics. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky that during my residency, we were at the county hospital in Chicago. So we had patients who wanted to look better, but, you know, can't pay for it at, you know, regular offices. And so we were doing liposuction and fillers that transferred during our residency, which is pretty cool. Steroid therapy and even Botox then. So I had an interest and I decided to do a fellowship for extra training. Um, when I and after I finished my fellowship, I joined an academic institution, New York University, NYU. And I was in the, on the faculty group practice. I did both cosmetics and medical derm. Um, and then I came to Chicago eventually, joined another academic practice, did both academics and you know, medical too. Then I eventually did my own practice. And I started with medical derm initially, kind of, you know, 70, 30, half and half, because that's what you do. Like you feel guilty as a dermatologist not doing medical derm. But then I realized that it just wasn't sustainable to do medical at the same time. You know, you're busy doing the cosmetics and you know, the scheduling is crazy, the insurance is crazy, the load on my front office for dealing with the insurance of the calls was just too much. And it was a very hard decision. I felt very guilty initially when I took, when I got away from medical derm, but I'm really happy now, but I do miss it a little bit because I'm out of to date with all the new biologic medications for psoriasis, you know, I'm not getting into using them, but, you know, I do, I'm out of touch a little bit with medical derm, but I can treat acne, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. My practice is mostly aesthetics. I also do quite a bit of hormone therapy, anti-aging, generative medicine, um, a lot of sexual health too, because it just kind of naturally came out of the lasers that I was using for um, in general. You've expanded um, quite quite a bit. We're going to talk to you about that because <laughs> we want to learn about some of the stuff you're doing. <laughs> it's been fun, you know. A lot of bow claps the past couple of months with my male patients, you know. Yeah, that's, that's what we hear. That's very So we're definitely going to ask you about I, that. I got to learn that because I think it's super fun to just learn different things. You know, yeah. you get to like, we, we, you do the face and you're doing it well. And it's like, okay, what else is there? <laughs> well, she's figured something out. <laughs> yeah, she's figured something out. So tell us kind of, you know, you played with contour threads. What what were the plus minuses there? And then when these dissolvable threads came back into the US and we finally can use it, um, were you already looking at it? Because I know my Asian patients have been using them for 15, 20 years. And I've been watching them waiting, waiting, waiting for us to get it here in the US. And finally, when we got it here, I started learning about it. But kind of what was your background with regards to threads? 
Yeah. I mean, so contract beds were intense. You know, I think the patients, they were they were under anesthesia. And so I, you know, as a dermatologist, I didn't want to put patients under. Um, and so they took them off the market eventually, you know, 20 scars, 20 complications. Um, so I think it's my practice. I think the uh, silhouette came first to Chicago and they were okay. You know, they were interesting, fun to use, but not the best lift, you know, kind of nice for volume collagen, but in terms of lifting, I was not as impressed. And then the PDOs came out uh, very soon after, and those were very versatile. You know, you can go in all different directions uh, when they have all different you know, sizes and stuff. And it started playing with them more, uh, you know, all different companies, all different threads, and just really just play with them on my own. And um, obviously now I know even men in America, I use a lot of those threads. Um, there, I love them. They're just really fun to play with, and you know, patients love them too. So, how long have you been doing those, the the PDO ones? Oh God! So I think it's been six or seven, eight years. I don't know. I think COVID. I made sense of time is really bad, but probably two thousand. Wait, we're to twenty twenty three right now. So only COVID twenty 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 seventeen twenty eighteen. I think. Yeah, been a while. Mm. So what are your favorite things to do with threads currently? I mean, are they are there more so, faces? Okay. Are they bodies? I mean, what do you think? Well, the is face the most is going to be the most common area that I thread. Uh, but I do thread the body because it's fun. You know, it's just another thing that we can do to help the skin quality to move skin around, work on the fat too. Um, I love threading faces. I think every face is a challenge. There are definitely some patients that you know might not be the best candidates for threads, but they want threads. They don't want to have surgery. They're sick of fillers and lasers. They want instant gratification. Um, I like the challenges because I have to challenge myself, right? I get bored easily. So uh, faces, you know, difficult necks and jowls, I think those are the most fun for me to do. For those that are watching and listening, what is your advice when jumping into the thread game because it's different in my book mm -hmm. than fillers and toxins i mean walk them through the thought patterns that go through your head when you because you teach you train yeah. but what do you tell people that are starting into it and saying yeah i can do threads it's easy it looks easy I say it looks easy, but there is a very big learning curve. It took me quite a while for me to be comfortable with my results and the reproducibility of those results, you know, because um, there's no real wrong or right way to do threads. There's just better ways to do threads, and I'm always changing how I do them, too. I think, number one, knowing anatomy. I do I do quite a few trainings, and there's people who come in, and they took a weekend course on filler, and they're like master injectors, and they don't really know anatomy. And I'm like, okay, well, where do you think the filler should go for this patient? And if you were to thread them, where do you want that skin and fat to move? And they look at me, they're like, you know, they do look like these better approaches. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's what we see other people do. But for this individual patient, what can you do to make them look their best? Uh, so knowing anatomy, knowing where you kind of want those vectors to go, and just really getting that uh, hand memory. So I tell patients, I tell the trainees to go back and do as many threads as they can on their staff, on their family. It's more forgiving that way, but really just getting used to the threads and how they feel when they go to the tissue. Because, you know, complications can happen, right? And we don't like complications, but um, maybe not as bad as filler complications, but we want patients to, you know, like, like the threads. And uh, there is definitely that learning curve to get the good results. It really is. What do you think is the biggest mistake newbies make with threads that you're just like, Ooh. just watch out? <laughs> yes, I say when you start doing threads, start with the cheek, that's easy. You know, you, it's, it's easy to do a cheek. Once you start to get into jowls and the jawline, there's all these other fat pads and you know, ligaments you got to work against. 
Um, it's more challenging. And I say, you know, doing one year to start with this is easier. You're not going to be as tired. Your patient won't be as tired. It's easier to keep you comfortable, right? So start slow and do little bits at a time. When you master one year, you move on to the next. Good. Very, very I agree. good. I agree. Um, okay, so you are part of the Mint Lift Summit. Yes. Yay! <laughs> so, kind of explain um, to our listeners, to our to our viewers, like what what is this? What is Lift? What is the company? What you know? What have they done in the past, and how did this come about? Yeah, so Mint's been in America for quite a while. They have quite a few FDA indications. Uh, we like them because they have the 360 helical barbed thread design, which is very grippy, very Velcro-y, and they have quite a few different types of threads, different lengths, different sizes uh, for different parts of the face. And so this is the first in-person hybrid event where there's going to be didactic plus hands. Well, we're doing the hands-on part. We're doing live demonstration. Um, and it's going to be, I think, more than 200 people in person, right? So in the past, Mint has done the virtual, um, you know, what is it called? Like the virtual uh, VI must, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and those were fun because you maybe had, what, like five different people doing the threads throughout the day. And it was fun to see different techniques. But I think in person is always better because you pick up all these little pearls, you know, and um, it's just consultations that get facilitated in person versus virtual because virtual you're typing questions and no one else is asking people can get to all the questions during the podcast so i'm very excited i believe saturday is a day full of you know talks and you know, demonstrations and then we have a, i think a big cocktail dinner fun giveaway raffles event at night and then sunday i think vip and that's what we're doing more live hands-on throughout the day the, yeah. the Sunday's a VIP event. I think that already sold out. It sold out, out like the first week. The first day. It was, oh, wow. Yeah, right, it was, yeah first yeah. couple of days. Because they limited it because they're they're coming to the clinic here or mm -hmm. the aesthetic immersion is. And we're literally taking small groups and working with the small groups to do to show them more hands-on in, in in a more intimate way. So that that's really, really kind of exciting because I, I agree with you. It's, it's a different change than being virtual as much as virtual is cool. I think it's now starting to go back to the conferences and seeing people um, and just chit-chatting. Yes. And you, I think that's where you get your pearls more. Yes, on stage. I mean, you could get that from the virtuals and watch people. But being there, interacting with different people, getting different ideas that hopefully stimulate your mind to start playing because that's what honestly what threads needs you keep playing as you said you keep adjusting as you do things mm -hmm. because the the different challenges that patients come in i do the same thing people are always like why are you doing that way why is it change and i'm like because the face has changed i've learned a different vectoring that i really really like <laughs> so it's it's oh, fun it's, it's like as, as research changes and if as as we learn we adapt new techniques and i think that's so important because i think that a lot of people don't read research they don't go to conferences they just like learn the first week of whatever medical aesthetics and then they work forever and they get stuck in that rut of uh something that was long years ago and their assessment skills haven't evolved and i think it's so important for people to come to a summit like this to be able to network with other providers and realize how important it is for us to maintain our education to invest in our education and to do the best that we can do for our patients so so important so something like this and I, i'm so thankful that mint is putting this on because mm -hmm. 
it allows so many providers, both live and virtually, to really get in there and really really level up their skills yeah. and learn new techniques and have a better result with their patients is it makes them look better so so it's a win-win i mean at the end of the day jesse for you i mean when you're talking to providers out there who are skeptical of threads like what do you where do you think threads fits in your arsenal of tools for your patients like People are like, I can just do toxins and fillers and I'm completely fine. I don't need threads. I don't need blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're we're all believers in it. Why why do you believe in it? And what what is your thought pattern behind why you threads make us better instead of providers? You know, if all you have is a hammer, everything is a nail that you see, right? But you know, having other tools that we can use to make our patients look better makes sense and threads work, right? So you could kill all day long, you know, for many years we didn't have threads. Right after we came in contact with red silhouettes and PDLs and they came, it was quite a few years. We may do with lasers and fillers and injectable, you know, Botox, but we're missing, you know, that that skin motion without doing surgery. And we don't want to do surgery. I don't want to do facelifts. It's they're pretty gory, you know. So I think doing if you don't do thread, it's a bit of a disservice to your patients because you're they're missing out on that bridge before surgery. You, you know, might not even need surgery if you do threads enough, right? I don't find having a facelift, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right no, no i i completely agree i already started getting threads myself so <laughs> and, and you know it is it is about that naturalness it is about the synergy you know i think understanding as we're aging we realize you know how threads is an integral part mm -hmm. of a tool and if you can't if you don't do the threads you really miss a huge segment of the population and i think hopefully as practitioners are all more open to trying it out, doing it, um, you know, that it becomes more of an educational experience for patients and it becomes more acceptable among the patients. Because you hear it, oh my God, they're sticking this whole thing down your thing, it looks so barbaric, you know. But, you know, when you see the results, they are amazing mm -hmm. and you can't replicate it with anything else that we do. You really can't replicate it. You can't. You can't. Energy prices can tighten a little bit, but nothing like threads. But then threads are nothing like a facelift either. So no. we always have to make sure that we're very honest and we're very uh, open with our patients that facelift might give you the best results for your issue. And if they say, I'm never going to do that or I don't want to, well then, okay, here's the next best thing and we can give you a perk with the threads. And it, and it works beautifully and we have super happy patients. But I think it's so important that we have threads nowadays because it treats one of the variables of aging that fillers can't fix. You know, we lose volume and we use bone. So we, we lose bone and, and, and fat and, and that's volume. So we can fill that because we lose volume. Mm -hmm. But the skin laxity is a whole nother issue. And if you start filling faces with filler to lift skin, you're gonna have a lot of Cabbage Patch dolls walking around. You're gonna have a lot of bowling ball faces and avatars mm -hmm. because they're not gonna look natural. And Time and time again, our patients come in and they're like, I want to look natural. I'm afraid that people are, I'm going to be one of those people I see in Neiman Marcus or whatever. So they're really fearful that they're going to look unnatural. And that's something that we can, if we, if we treat them the, in the ways and the variables that they age, then we can help them look more natural as we anti-age them, right. which is important. So, you know, we we all love mint, but, you know, of course, being that we are 
AI <laughs> live and we're just here to disrupt things and just chit chat. You know, like, what other threads have you played with? What other threads do you like? What have you, if, what have you gone through? And you know, we can be honest. Like, what I will you share. Do? Yeah. What like who out there do you know? <laughs> I have thousands of dollars in inventory in my fridge and my closet, you know, just old stuff I don't touch. I should throw them out, but you know, you feel bad because you paid thousands, right? So I think the silhouettes came out and I used them. You know, they were good to they are. Uh, I have quite a few in my fridge still, which is, you know, a little sad. Um, I think Nova's are the first thread that we got in photography video and you know, they were the cut thread. So, you know, we used to pull and oops, you would break a thread, or your patient would be like, oh, God, and I think I heard a snap, and you know, this is gone. You know, so cut threads just don't they don't last very long. It was not much tensile strength. Um, and then I think um we've had Renovatio, we've had what is it, Beauty Max, we've had um so right now like I've mostly it's in Miracles in my office. Nice, nice. I mean that's kind of yeah myself <laughs> yeah and, and i think um like those are two companies mint and miracle those are two companies that manufacture their own threads package their own threads and send those directly to us yeah. so we know that the integrity is good and they haven't been exposed to heat and humidity uh, as opposed to many korean companies or one big company whatever that makes a lot of threads and they just sh send them out and then somebody puts their name on the package and they sell them as abc threads and duck face threads and whatever <laughs> so they just put their name on the package so you don't know the quality of that and i think it's so important for us to have company like mint that really will um take the money it takes to do the research and to invest in good strong threads and Mirka does this too with the good strong barbs and these molded yeah. barbs that really give our patients long outcomes and we can be they can be very reliable and that's really important companies that put put money towards education because their educational program yes. actually huge. is huge yes. i mean they you know yes you have to put up upfront money but at the end of the day you get back a majority of it in credits to utilize so you can go back and start playing and playing and people look at it as like i'm playing that much well you're getting almost free education so that you can go back and hone your skill set and really grow from that and i think people don't take advantage of it because you know ultimately i consider almost free education that they're giving it you know they pay us a decent amount to help train mm -hmm. for them and they don't really make money off of the training their mm -hmm. whole goal is to get the industry more educated on how to do threads properly because I think when things are when things in the thread game work well and everybody is starting to do good work, you know, maybe they may pull back on education. They're not it's not going to be as cheap. So all you guys out there that really want to get some education, go get the education while it's to me reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's very reasonable out there. <laughs> so like, let me kind of clarify. So you pay you pay for the private training but you get pretty much that much in threads yeah so it it kind of washes out even mm -hmm. so i don't think you could get a better deal than that and i love that mint does that yeah. because you're learning how to use them and then you get some so you can use them right away and you don't yeah. lose those skills that you learn in your private training so we both do the private trainings you do do chelsea but um we do the private trainings for for the companies and it's and it's really it's really nice that mint will send those threads to those to those patients to those yeah. delegates i love yeah. this commitment to teaching it's like that rising tide lift all boats you know because yes if people are doing threads well more people are going to want to do threads 
you know, you have you have complications or things that don't last and things. Like that's when it gets a bad name in the industry. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, I I hear that you're gonna be doing something with this new skin booster that ah. Mint is introducing. Tell us more about Wait. About Cartier. 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 Yeah, so these are skin boosters. So as, as a dermatologist, I'm kind of a nerd, right? So we know that there are different things that affect the skin in, in different ways. So what I love about Cartier is there's two different types that we have right now. We have the Gaia, which is the element, and then we have the Ruby. Um, and what they're meant for, so different skin types. But basically, skin boosters is the idea of putting these chemicals into the top layer of the skin to stimulate collagen, elastin, uh, you know, rejuvenation, elastin, increases in elastin, working on your browns, your reds, you know, working, treating melasma, those types of uh, chemicals. So Cartier Gaia, which is what we call diamonds, they just say Gaia for whatever reason. Um, this is Cartier Gaia, and these have what we call a hyalosome. So what is a hyalosome? This is basically a multi-layer encapsulated cross-linked HA. And they mix it with you know, niacinamide and glutathione. So basically, you have hyaluronic acid for hydration, deep pumping of your skin, slow release over time with your brightener and your inflammatory glutathione and niacinamide. And then Dia, which is the diamond, has also PDRNs. What do we know about PDRNs? Polyribonucleotides, right? These are those DNA fragments that come from salmon sperm, huge in Europe and Asia. Uh, used for college rejuvenation because number one, what do they do? They're very good antioxidant scavengers. Number two, they do really good moisture. They pull moisture deep into the skin. And number three, they work with collagen rejuvenation. So kind of win-win for all things. Um, amino acids, vitamins, uh, you know, uh, peptides. They also have something called resurrection plant extract. So this plant comes from South Africa, where I just was. And what it, this plant is basically was for drying out over time. And when the rains come, it just explodes up like crazy and hydrates very quickly. So basically a very hydrating extract that they add along to the hyaluronic acid and the vitamins and minerals. So basically, the diamond is really meant for you know mature skin types who really want that deep moisture and also increasing their collagen elasticity over time. Uh, sensitive skin types, you know, very tolerable. So we've been using this in the office for quite a while now, and we've been loving it. Um, patients walk out looking just very glowy, very hydrated, um, and it lasts for quite a while. So we could talk about how to use skin boosters in your practice, but this is the diamond, the dia. And then we have the ruby, so it's red for ruby. And what's different about this one? This has that same hyalosome with that long, slow-releasing hyaluronic acid with the glutathione, niacinamide, brightening antioxidant. Also has a triacinic acid, which is a hot chemical that we use in melasma now, which stabilizes the blood vessels so you don't get that increase in pigment over time. So basically helps the reds and browns. Also hydrating, uh, good for blemishes. Um, has a sorbyl glucoside, which is a type of vitamin C, which is very non-irritating. You know, very good antioxidant. Um, so basically, maybe patients who have blemishes, reds, browns, and just want some hydration too. So what we do is we mix them quite often in the office. So we'll cocktail other things into this if we want to at the same time. But basically, 
why we put these into the skin. You can inject them with micro droplet, right? Which is a little out shape. We use like skin rollers. We use those micro channeling devices. You can put them on after lasers that poke holes into the skin, like radio frequency microneedling, or we have a couple of devices we use. But anytime the skin barrier is impaired, you can use these into the skin. And what's nice is if they have a laser where they're kind of red or hot, you know, you put this stuff on, they feel better immediately and it gets an instant kind of glow and hydration. If you do it just as a skin booster without lasers, so, you know, after microneedling or channeling, they're happy because they see that instant gratification with that moisture, that glow, that plump. And then over time, they get the collagen increase with the PDRN, the peptides, and amino acids and everything. So uh, we've had quite a few patients come back, but then if you just want more, you know. That's uh, we awesome. We add microbotox on occasion to this because we like microbotox, a poreless finish, right? Uh, um, there's other things you can cocktail in. It depends on what you do in your practice. But very fun. Oh. Okay, so Mint, if anybody from Mint is watching, <laughs> you know our address, just send us a box. We're, we're all in there. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Love, love, love. I love those ingredients. PDRN? Yeah. We were just I talking mean, about that. I mean, that's where the industry is going love at this it. point in time, right? You, you look at the European Regenerative aesthetic. Yeah. Yes. The, the European market, the Asian markets, actually, I mean, even two, three years ago, were all about, probably even longer, was all about the PDRNs, the, the things that are going to actually create more hydration, create more nutrition for your skin. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that has been the trend already. We're in the US, we're so late to this trend. <laughs> but it is about skin quality, skin glow. I mean, you know, you you use exosomes like we do. Um, and, and so, you know, it's a combination of all. I, de I definitely think, you know, I've benefited a lot from using things like that. Um, I'm kind of excited to try that one I'm too. I'm <laughs> really excited to try that. You get that instant hydration, that plumping which people love. And you walk out looking beautiful, basically, and over time you get even better. Love that. So what's what's your favorite way to utilize it? Are, are you doing my napaging it? So into the skin, I, I can or... delegate to my staff. So my physicians they'll usually um, you know either microchanneling on those little stamper devices, or they'll do uh, microneedling. You got the glide, and then also just put on after they poke the holes. We do a lot of lasers. We'll do it after their radio frequency microneedling. We have other devices too, like um, laser dithulium pixel. Those will poke holes into the skin to open up the barrier. Um, and patients like it because there's less downtime. They look less red, they look more, more hydrated, so it's not as drying. Um, yes, you can do that for those with beautiful visas. It's kind of instant gratification. You look just really plump and moisturized, like instantly. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, who doesn't need that? <laughs> I mean, that, that's great. Like, if you need to look great for an event, a light oh. little micro channeling, light little thing, and then the next day, your skin is oh, yeah. glowy. Same so how day, long... you look beautiful, basically. Yeah. <laughs> how long does the effect seem to last? How, how often does so, it So, you know, Mint, when they came out with these, they said you could do a treatment every two weeks for the first few times. We've seen, we, like my staff, we've done well for my staff. They will get even a month later. You know, we haven't had it for that long, but um, it's at least a month, I believe. Um, if you think about how these ingredients work, this hyalosome, which is that uh, slow-release trusting HA, that's going to send your skin for quite a while. Um, it's interesting because patients, they still look good when I see them back two, three, four weeks later, but they want more, you know, because they, they, they want that instant gratification. They want to see how much they can push it and that it works, you know, their, their skin, the skin will soak it up. So why not? Excellent. Oh, that's oh awesome. I love it. That's I can't amazing. wait to give it. I'll do you, you do me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just need to get the product. I know, mint. <laughs> 
That's not fair. How come you got Send it to us. Maybe because they know we need it in Chicago because it's so dry, the air here, right? You guys have like nice weather out in LA. You don't need to look that good. That's probably oh true. God. That's probably true. <laughs> All right. How lucky are we? <clears throat> oh, well, gosh. what else can we tell people right now? Um, Do you have any spe specific topics you're covering at the conference besides like in doing threads? What else are you doing? So I, my, my, my talk, the title is, I think it's patient selection, the importance of patient selection screening, and also introducing the skin boosters, um, you know, more skin boosters have not been big in America, right? And therapy, that, that term has been on for years, but we don't really do it much in America because I don't know why, maybe we haven't had the right products for it. I know Allergan has skin B, which is coming out. I believe that's a skin booster. Uh, it was just HHA, hyaluronic acid, without the PDRNs or the other vitamins, minerals, peptides. But um, I think the trend now is really prejuvenation, right? The millennials, they want to prevent. They want to look good. When, they want to be you know, without a filter on their selfies. So it's all about getting that filter-free filter skin, that beautiful glow. Um, and so that's that's where skin boosters are really, you know, I think that's where they fit in your practice. You know, I have many of my older patients that love these because they want that instant hydration, that, that glow too. Um, but young patients do like these, these little tweakments, you know, tweakments where there's not much downtime, they look really normal, and they don't look fake, you know. The, the young generation, they want to be authentic. And so it's all about not being too different unless they're Kardashian, maybe. But, you know, embracing all that beauty and just being a better version of themselves. Amazing. Oh, really I love that. Amazing. I love, I love that. It. <laughs> Exciting. I love it. Um, oh. So tell me kind of out of some of the different, like the different issues that you've had with threads, when people are brand new, I know there's a lot of people on here who are watching who have like never done it and they're kind of thinking about threads and they're nervous about it because they hear about a lot of complications. What do you find that new injectors kind of stumble on when they're trying to learn? What are some of the more common problems that you see when you're teaching? So I think it's about staying in the right depth. That's probably the hardest thing that people have to master. Um, when you're going in different parts of the face, the fat layers, they feel very different, right? People get lost in this area sometimes. There's no bone to feel. And so getting those dimples, uh, those little, you know, those little bumps that you get when the barbs are too superficial or um, that's probably the hardest thing that we have to teach about. Um, and I say it's all about, you know, go slow and raise your cannulas. You can see that little sausage under the under your mattress, right? Um, don't go too fast. I have people who just jab that thread and, you know, ooh, you know, where did that thread go? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so be gentle, take your time, you really know your dad, that's probably the biggest thing you have to learn because if you put it right in a different direction, maybe you shouldn't go, and as long as you're in the right depth, it's not the end of the world, right? But when okay. you have those puckers, patients take that. You, I see you really like more reverse vectors than traditional, tell me why. Uh, so I'm a speed demon, as you can tell, I'm from New York, I talk fast, right? I found just early on, traditional, you're going back in the hairline. You have to, you know, pull the hair out of the way, you got to shave them down or, you know, clean that whole area. And the barbs sometimes pull the hair into the skin and then you get those granulomas and things when the hair gets stuck, um, that burned me early on. And so, you know, after doing silhouettes where you kind of go from the middle and you go back both directions, I was like, well, why don't we do threads? in that same reverse way because the thread really ends up in the same place, right? Um, it's really, depending on the, the barb design you have, it doesn't, it works either going this way or that way. 
And for me, it's much easier for me to start from the bottom work my way to the top because I don't have to worry about hair. I got stuck in my tunnel. Um, and it was faster for me. And my patients, I think the lift I get is better than the traditional. So I really love going reverse because it just makes sense to me. And I hardly do traditionals. But I can so teach do, them. Do you ever tie them off? Yes, I do. And I haven't had issues with tying. So I think by tying, you're making the knot, and that knot is a bigger seed for collagen stimulation, right? So the the, the, the more surface, greater surface area volume, whatever that is, you're making a bigger volume with that surface area to build collagen around. So I think it makes sense to me to put a knot in to make, make that little seed for that collagen. Yeah, true. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I know I, I noticed <clears throat> on Instagram, it's like mostly you're going reverse. So I'm like, okay, sometimes we do a blend, sometimes traditional, uh, whatever. But everybody's got their own technique and every, their own comfort with what they're doing. You know, some people like you're more comfortable doing a reverse vector and you get good at it and that's what you do. And we do that sometimes. I do more traditionals than anything. I do both. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we do, but I do more traditional than, I would say I probably do 60%, 70% more traditional than I do reverse. Although reverse is awesome, but I think it all has to do with knowing your thread and knowing where the lifting barbs are, where the anchoring barbs are, and what happens when you turn that thread backwards? Does it give you more lifting or more anchoring? So threads are kind of like filler, uh, we have to know the reality of filler. So we need to know the polyology of threads. And I'm going to trademark that word because that's <laughs> my word. But I call it polyology because threads are polydioxinone, poly-L-lactic acid, or poly-L-caprylactone. So they're polys. And if we need, we need to know that what that thread's made up of, just like rheology. So where do, where do the lifting barbs come? Where do the, how much separation is there or transition zone before we get the anchoring or the, or the barbs that hold them in? And, and that really... If we know that, we know how far we can go into the tissue. We know how much is it going to hold. We know what will happen if we turn it around. So it's, it just gives us more knowledge in the different techniques that we can employ with, with these different types of threads, which is even more fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Do you do a lot of combination with your, with your threads, with like fillers or other things at the same time? Like... Uh, so I like to thread first because I tell my patients they're going to wind up needing less filler after putting the threads in. Um, unless they're traveling from out of, out of state or something, I tend to do my threads first and then do filler after I see them back. Because um, I find that you don't need as much filler unless you're doing a totally different area, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think the only time I do fillers right away first is if I see a lot of mid-cheek deficit. I, oh, yeah. I feel as though that person needs this filled so that I can pull them up properly. That's where I've been playing with barb threads for volume creation. You know, you kind of like put the thread in a couple passes and kind of have a bunch up there to make a little seed for collagen. That's been fun. I don't know if you've done that. Interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, I think I think the I think it's so interesting the studies we've seen on the collagen stimulation with the threads. And what's interesting is we've seen research that shows that it, it's really it's de-inflammatory and not pro-inflammatory yeah. which was kind of odd we expected the opposite didn't we so yeah, it, yeah really interesting but it, you build that collagen up there around around that month after that thread is in which is which is nice and, and hence that's the reason why we tell our patients you know don't go crazy with moving your face for a month i tell them a month i want those the collagen to really lock on and and hold those in place yeah. so nothing unhooks and they lose their lift so it's um pretty cool
I should scare them more about not moving their face, you know, because <laughs> I told them it's going to be four. I said, take it easy, but I think they just, I just like to talk a lot. I don't know. Them tell more. them, I tell them facial rest and they get, they look at me like, um, I know what they're going to ask me. I know what they're going to ask me. I'm like, no, no, that too. No, a month. No, no. <laughs> okay. Can we ask her, can we go off topic? Sure. Okay. Topic. You are doing such interesting stuff with sexual health, health. Can you kind of explain what you're doing? Males and females, you've kind of gotten off in your practice where you're really, really specializing in a lot of the issues that males and females have. So can you kind of explain that to us a little bit? Yeah, I don't start. You know, I'm a dermatologist. So why do I deal with sex? Um, I think as a dermatologist, work with hormones in general, you know, for skin, you know, hair. I always, I've always done hormone therapy to some extent. And then when I got a laser renewal in practice, I got a vaginal rejuvenation laser. And when you train on that, you realize that you have a laser for the vagina. You need to have hormones on board too, because if you don't, you're not going to get the results you really want. You know, estrogen is so important for the hydration of the skin, for your collagen in general. And, you know, taking that with the face even, you know, we lose so much collagen after menopause. It's depressing and people don't talk about that enough, right? So I love hormones. I've been on hormones for eight years. I think that's why I look like I have good skin, hopefully. Um, so I, I'm passionate about hormone therapy because I believe it helps you age better. And so if you do hormones and you do vaginal rejuvenation, from there, I was like, well, what about penis rejuvenation, anal rejuvenation? Like I could use these lasers on different parts of the body because we know the anatomy, know the tissue, we know how to do a safely. And so from then, I just kind of took the idea and ran with it. You know, if we can make vaginas look better, labia, you know, plumping, whatever fillers, threads, I could do that to the anus. I could do it to the penis. I do penis filler. I do penis botox. I do labia filler. You know, all these things. Um, and then things for regenerative health. We work on functionality too. So aside from hormones. Uh, we do shampoo therapy, laser for the penis, what that fills the nerves. Um, and we have quite a few different uh, protocols that we do, shots, P shots, PRP, therapy. Um, and I think what do I do because I think there's a need and a lot of my patients will say, you know, I went to my OB and they were not hopeful at all. They said, well, you know, why are you having sex when you're 70? I'm like, that's not horrible. You should be having sex. It's good for your skin. It's good for your blood pressure, right? It makes you happier. <laughs> So I am all for sexual health because people don't talk about it enough. You know, it's interesting on TV, you can't talk about vaginas. Um, Viagra's, they, they've had commercials on TV for years, but you can't talk about, you can't say vagina on TV. That's, that's really sad. It's patriarchy, right? I don't know. But um, it's just interesting how women definitely have been ignored in terms of sexual health, right? Men, you guys have Viagra. That's, you know, that's, that's easy for you. But Viagra is just a band-aid. We go for more regenerative health and how to make their penises function better too. Nice. Interesting. Okay, so ask her your question. Well, no, I'm going to wait until she comes here and she's going to teach me some of the ah. things. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> True. You should host a class, Jesse. I should. Well, I do train. It's just we get busy, right? You know, it's like you have so many hours in a day. Um, it's hard. It's hard to kind of, you know, I kind of fix it up all just randomly, classes, training, it's just on my own. You know, it, it's, there's no wrong, right? So when you come to LA and do the aesthetic immersion, we can have you back one extra day and you can film a whole training course. Then well, you, you have to tell have it to everybody out right? there. You gotta have like neuromodulators, your fillers, and your devices to help all these things. Yeah, that'd be fun to build. Uh, I think it would we be can great. Do that. We can do that. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, my mind's thinking. Because ultimately, these are the things that people 
are interested in. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the hard part is like when Threads first got started. Who do you go to to learn? Who do you go to to get information? And, you know, you've done your research. We, you know, people want to learn this type of stuff. And if you've able to gather out certain amount of information mm-hmm. and are, are able to share it, it, it really helps kind of open the conversation because I don't think sexual health, sexual wellness, it's still in the US a little bit of more of a faux pas uh, of talking about it as much, you know, slowly we're talking a little bit, a little bit about it. But, you know, ultimately it is important in relationships. It is important in just being a normal, functional person. Um, and I think people get scared about it um, and almost and very embarrassed about talking about yes. it. And I think we as It's a huge part of life, right? I mean, we came because our parents had sex, right? We shouldn't be ignoring it because if you're not doing it, then you should be. It makes you healthier and happier. See, that's why I always love Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> More <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. We're gonna have we're gonna have fun with her. Of course, <laughs> we're gonna have no. fun with her. Um, I guess we are coming towards the end. Any, I mean, any last minute things from you, Jesse, for people out there jumping into the thread world about the Mint Summit? Mm. You know, last minute. <laughs> well, I think the Mint Summit. You do get access to the VA Must Library. Is that correct? You know, all I those be- videos from back in the day. I think that's Please. huge because seeing different people doing threads in different ways, again, there's no right or wrong way, there's a better way to do it. Um, we all do them differently. And, you know, right, I think it's it's really cool to have that digital library at your disposal because we're all busy people when I just tune in every so often and instead of being on TikTok or whatever, you can watch your library and learn from me, I must. True. That is yeah. very true. And I, I have so many people that come up to me at conferences and let me know how much they love that library. People have people go through that and they look at all of the VI Mus and learn so much from the library that Mint provides. It's like like we, we talked about you talked about. It's it, education is key with this company. So yeah. So if you haven't been on that library, get onto that the Mint the Mint website and get onto their, their educational library and they have great, great stuff from years gone by that we've done eight hour long summits. Uh, so there's a lot of education in there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of education. A lot get of your webinars. copy, sit down, get a comfortable pillow. And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very digestible little bits, right? Do like a half hour there, you know, do it in your own practice. Come back and learn some more later. Thing is you, you go, you learn a little bit of the didactics, then you go to a hands-on course and you have them walk you through it. Say, Hey, I learned, wanted to play around with this. And, I mean, that's how you get good with threads, yeah. you know, as you said, it really is tissue plane. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. That's the hardest thing for practitioners to get down, especially I, I will probably say, especially my cannula users with fillers, they're always in the wrong tissue plane because they like to stay in that superficial subdermal uh, tissue plane. I'm like, no, it's a little <clears throat> too superficial. That's a good dimple. It, and I preface everything when I first walk in. If you use cannulas for fillers, trust me, you're going to feel very uncomfortable because we're going to go deeper than where that needs to be. Right. So, I mean, that it, it it's fun. It, it, all of this stuff that we do is fun. And I'm grateful to be in this field. It's, <laughs> it, yeah, we pinch ourselves, I think. Right. It, we're very lucky. It's the best we're field very... to be in, right? Forget about dermatology. <laughs> <laughs> best specialty ever. Yeah. It's All awesome. right. Well, thank you so much, Jesse, for thank taking you. the time out tonight. 
Um, we can't see you. Are you going to aesthetic next? Are you? Yes, I will see you on. I think during your Wednesday, I'll be doing the talk on Thursday and doing this with you guys on Friday. Yay! Perfect. We'll, we'll see, see you. you there. <laughs> see you in Dallas. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Okay. Thank you. Good night. We'll see Thanks, you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, she's so cute. She's, oh, good. We'll be seeing her in a couple weeks in I, Dallas. So. No, next week. Is it next week? Oh, it's God. next week. <laughs> I only look at my calendar one week Wednesday. ahead. Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, we can also log back in, guys, because I know we have another one after this. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. We yeah. do. Mm-hmm. We do. We do. Yep. Um, I don't know. What time we is that we okay. need to close it out here for the all the viewers for yep. AI Live. Um, so okay. thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate that. And um, hopefully you picked up some good little pointers on threads, on when can you learn to do threads, that it's a long, deep learning curve, the different types of things. You need to kind of learn about them and um, that the Mint Lift Summit is coming up. And if you can come to Los Angeles, please come. I don't think it's sold out, right? I don't know. I don't think so. But I, I, I think there's think probably so. still um, openings. But Saturday, October 21st, it's all day long. It's at yeah. a beautiful hotel in Los Angeles. So VIP and um, I mean, VIP is closed. That's, I think, already sold out. But um, RSVP. And uh, you're going to have a wonderful, wonderful day. And you'll, we'll get to hang out with you, all of us. Mm-hmm. It'll be kind of fun. Yep, exactly. Good day of learning. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, we, uh, I guess, our next AI Live or? is going to be October third. October third, yes. So October it's it's uh, unveiling the dark side of aesthetics. <laughs> yeah. You get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. The, the backside of things with with the, the good, the bad, industry. and the ugly. Whatever. Yeah. There's good. There's bad. There's lots of things that we've yeah. learned. <laughs> there's there's good stuff too, but we just want to really be honest and open with everybody. So, so tell your friends to come and join us on October third. All right. All right. Have a good night, guys. Good night, you guys. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that was our AI Live podcast for today. Be sure to check out our other episodes. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.